Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our head of consign, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hey, Dom. How are you? It's I'm- very exciting, this episode, isn't it? It is exciting because... We're recording from our podcast bunkers at home. Remote in recording. lockdown. In lockdown. Yay. So remote recording. Couldn't get into the studio. And so we've built our own little podcast bunkers at home. And so I thought, Corinne, maybe what would marry up quite well with that concept is remote debriefing. And I know we've talked about it before, but I wanted to go over it again because when we recorded that original episode on remote debriefing was before the pandemic. Right. No, I can't believe it. And so now we've done like a million extra debriefs, you know, remotely. I think back then it was more of a, you know, if you had to kind of scenario, whereas now it's the norm, isn't it? It is, um, you know, and it wasn't until you reminded me of it that I realized that we did it as a kind of if you have to remote debrief, but now it is absolutely the norm. And I don't really see it being something that goes away. So I think it's timely to remind people of remote debrief and how you might do that. You know, it's a great point, Corinne. People talk about, you know, oh, we're, it, the pandemic is going to change the way we work forever and all this stuff. And I'm a bit of a naysayer on that. I reckon 98% we're going to go back to the way things were, you know, were following the pandemic. But I reckon a few things are going to stay. I reckon one, you're no longer going to be considered a hero coming into the office when you're sick. And two, I reckon we're still going to remote debrief because I think people have found that there's a lot of advantages actually to it and and a lot of things they like about it. You know, typically speaking, if I can be face-to-face with someone, you know, that's typically the preferred method. But I've really come around to deep, you know, remote debriefing. I think pre-pandemic, we would have been like only in the worst case scenario. But now I really like that people are actually in their house. You know, it's interesting because yeah. I think people are kind of comfortable in a different way. You know, you're not in the glass office and, you know, in the office, you're in your own setting, which kind of changes the dynamic slightly. I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's probably potentially a double-edged sword in that, but I think the bonus of actually being in your own environment is I think it feels safer and more comfortable and you've got a few more options about what you can do in just after your debrief. You can, you know, go and make yourself a cuppa. You can go and maybe go outside for a walk, but you're around the things that are comfortable and you've chosen. So I think that's a definite plus. I think during lockdown, which isn't going to be the case always with remote debriefing, but during lockdown, people have still got the rest of their family members. They've got their kids Mm. that who are being schooled. So I suspect in lockdown, being at home may pose some challenges as well. But I think I agree with you. I think that the things that will stay in terms of when we get back out into the world is people won't come to work when they're ill, but also I think the remote debriefing will continue. And I think in that world, when the kids have gone back to school and you know life feels a bit more normal, people can choose to have their debrief at home, which I think mm. will be better outcome for them. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And the other thing I've seen, Corinne, is, you know, I know one client who's, who's a big national client 
and they've got like a pool of debriefers all across Australia, you know, so there's people in different cities. And I know they've really enjoyed it because uh, they can now, you know, if there's a program happening in Brisbane or something, it doesn't just have to be the accredited practitioners in Brisbane doing the debriefing. They can actually get support from across the country. Yeah. You know, so that wasn't possible before or, yeah. or not without great expense of flying people around and all that stuff. So they kind of love That's it because right. now, you know, because typically, you know, at least in their case, they're not just doing an even amount of LSI debriefs across the country at the same time. You know, there's a program that's happening in Brisbane. There's a program that's happening in Adelaide, whatever it might be. But they get to use their whole pool of accredited people wherever that program might be. And that's right, Tom. And I think that's been our case as well, where we've been able to provide a service to people nationally, wherever they are, and also internationally as well. It, you know, distance hasn't come into the equation at all in terms of debriefing people's LSIs. So I'd love to hear, Corinne, you know, those are some of the positives. What do you think you've learned, you know, having done these remote debriefs and now become quite uh, experienced in them uh, over mm-hmm. the last 18 months or so? You know, are there insights, takeaways about how you approach it? What do you think? Yeah, I think there have been a few things that I've learned and and I think you, you know, you will have as well. I think one of the things is to my surprise just how effective a debrief online can be. I think one of the other things that I've learned and I've noticed online, whether I'm doing a workshop or whether I'm doing a debrief, as in this instance, what we're talking about, is I'm much more explicit about what I'm doing. So mm. when you're in the room with someone, they can kind of see something. So they can see what you're doing. So you're not going to say, I'm now going to reach for the report and open it for you because they can see it. But online and virtually, I'm conscious that I'm describing more steps. And in a way, like initially, I thought, oh, it was, I had to get used to it. And so I thought it was kind of a, an added kind of energy energy tax, if you like, in terms Mm. of doing it. But I actually think it makes it a better debrief because you're not assuming anything and you're really explaining everything that you're doing. So I think it's not, it's something that I've noticed and something that I've become more deliberate in doing is really paying attention to the debriefing process and really kind of being explicit about what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I think that's probably a learning for me in face-to-face. I probably didn't explain as much now as I do now in terms of why. The other thing is, I think initially, Dom, when we did the first remote debrief, we I talked to people about giving their potential client a call in terms of a pre-briefing. Mm. And I still believe that that's a really good practice if you're able to do that, to give people a call before you're going to debrief and do some of that rapport building before you have to debrief. So I think that that's good practice. But I also have found that one of the things that helps with the rapport, because people are at home and because I think people are generally more relaxed, I think you can, there's an ease that comes with building the rapport, not just because we're in lockdown, because people at home. And I don't know, I feel like one of the, byproducts of this time is that we've all become a bit more human. And I think that that has led to more authentic and and kind of more connected rapport at the beginning of the debrief session. 
What do you think, Dom? Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, I'm always looking when I'm I'm logging on with someone. It's interesting because you're in the house, you know, and <laughs> I've got a super boring background because I've kind of got my desk in <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. But some people, you know, they've got, you know, there's a surfboard in the background, you know, so I'm going to ask if they're into surfing, you know, like it can That's sometimes right. give you clues or, or there's pictures yeah. of their family or something on the wall behind them or a painting of a beach or something and that's their favorite beach or you know whatever it might be but sometimes you can pick up stuff to talk about you know so oh so you got a surfboard back there you know are you into it oh yeah i love it you know it gives us a whole area to go to that wouldn't be obvious otherwise right like if you're in the office you'd have no clue Um, and i had um one client whose background whose home he was sitting in his kind of office but it had heaps and heaps of vinyl like floor to ceiling vinyl and and so we got into a big discussion around vinyl and I thought you know a I was actually really curious and interested as as you know as everybody you know would be but also I just found that it helped to get the relationship the rapport building even though I didn't know them get it off to a great start and so I think that's one of the advantages of remote debriefing at the moment is I think people in their home feel a bit more relaxed and you're able to actually start off on a kind of almost a more intimate footing than otherwise, in like in an office, in a workplace. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, and to me, Corinne, that kind of sums up some of the way I feel about remote debriefing in general, which is it actually doesn't change my process particularly, right? Like actually mm. the way I debrief is still the way I debrief, but some of the how or the the specifics move around a bit. So, you know, in the rapport building phase maybe we have some more clues right of things to ask and things to Mm, talk about mm. and you know or at least there's always the COVID situation or whatever but you know there's stuff around you know so where are you today you know all that kind of thing so you build rapport either way you know maybe it just gives you some extra insights exactly and I think the other thing that I recommended people did and I I think it was a good tip turned out to be a good tip is one of the things that I do is I send people, people an email that I'm going to debrief. So I send them an email before the debrief. It might be the day before or it might be the morning if the debrief's in the afternoon. And in it, I'll just sort of say, you know, confirming confirming the debriefing details, looking forward to working you. And I also send a copy of our handout. So we've got a digital circumplex, which is just the one pager, would otherwise be a, a hard copy one pager, but I send that as a soft copy so then that they have it there so that when we come to doing the explanation of the tool, they've got their own copy of the circumplex. So typically I send them a few soft copy things just in case there's a problem with the technical aspects, either their internet or mine. Mm. And But even if we don't have a technical aspect, I find that what typically people do is they'll open it up and have a look at it before we actually, the debrief starts. And so they're kind of warmed up uh-huh. to the explanation versus kind of when you're in a face to face, you'd kind of, they'd get to it when you get to it. Whereas I think this gives them a little bit of a heads up. And I, I'm noticing that a lot of people, even if they haven't poured over it, you know, with detail, they'll have a look at it, they'll have it there ready. And so, it's something that they can reference if, you know, for some reason the writing's too small on my screen or or sometimes people are just more comfortable having it, you know, on their screen that they're looking at. Mm. I think that's um, it's a great point and something that we didn't have, obviously, when we recorded last time was a lot of these uh, virtual materials that we've created 
for people to use in remote debriefing. So it might be worth having a chat about that because as you're saying that, I was just thinking in the accredited login, there's also a PowerPoint presentation you can download, Mm. which kind of steps through LSI 101, Circumplex 101 type stuff. And if yeah. I'm honest, I've kind of edited it down. I, th- I thought it was too many slides for my style. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I've cut it down to the key yeah. slides that I like. And that's fine, right? We encourage people to do that. Um, yeah. But really, I've done the same. Yeah. yeah so really, help, really helpful resource, though, of like, you know, it's just the old animation of cutting up the circumplex between task and people and satisfaction, security, and all that stuff. But it helps, you know, with that introduction, with that talk through. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the things that's really important. So if you go into and log in under your accredited practitioner details and if you go to the resources section of the website, you'll see right in the middle, you can't miss it, a whole virtual debriefing pack. And as Dom said, you'll find things from a pre-briefing deck that you can actually walk people through before they've gone through the LSI. There's a debriefing PowerPoint deck, which you can use as a basis and, you know, make it your own. So Dom has a cut down version. I have a cut down version. There's one page of circumplexes. There's actually remote debrief. I think the last podcast and also the PDF that goes with remote debriefing. And there's also some materials to send people after their first session. So some reflection questions. So there's a real an array of resources really encourage you to have a look at it and and also encourage you to experiment with it and find what your style is. Don, one of the things I, I think I might talk about and, you know, for us to talk about is that I think we still have, I've had some practitioners say that they kind of sending the report beforehand or they try and, you know, send a hard copy because they kind of feel the experience is better. I guess My experience is that people, I think because we've spent so much time in lockdown, are very comfortable with looking at documents on screen. And so typically I'd still recommend that you share the LSI report as you come to it in the debrief and that you share your screen and that's primarily how you you do it rather than send it before. One of the things that I do is I share my screen and then check if the client, the leader, is okay to keep doing that. And if, as a personal preference, they'd rather have their own copy to look at, then I'll send it during, as we're going through the the report, so we can go page by page together. Have you had that experience, Dom, where people have sort of said, oh, they'd rather sort of send the report beforehand or get it to them hard copy? Yeah, look, I think some of that's a comfort with technology thing. You know, mm. and particularly early on in the pandemic when we weren't so used to doing this stuff, you know, I feel more comfortable if I can just email it to them because I I know how to send emails and attachments and we look through it together. I, like you, also like to share my screen, but then I send the report straight after the debrief. So, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. kind of in the wrapping up, I'm kind of saying, you know, I'm going to send your report through now. Maybe I include that action planning reflection questions that you talked about as well. Yeah. You know, and literally five minutes after we've hung up, I'm I'm going to be sending yeah. it to them. I do that as well, Dom. And you know what I do is I have the emails ready, already prepped. So before the debrief, I'll actually have my draft email with the person's name ready to go with their LSI 
reports attached and send it after. The other thing that we've developed since that first initial podcast on remote debriefing, Dom, is the playlist for mm. You've Just Been Debriefed. So Dom's put together a playlist from All Our Culture Bites podcasts that we figured might be very useful for someone who's just been debriefed. So I send an email. I have an email template that I use with just already written sort of paragraph thanking people, but with the podcast list there, and then I just attach the report. So folks, remember to to send that along because what I'm finding with sending that playlist is people are listening to them. And I've got a lot of clients who have said that it's really helped them to listen to the podcast following the debrief and in between the action planning, the debrief and the action planning session, it really helps them digest the feedback. Yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, I'll put a link to that playlist. So it's just Culture Bites podcast episodes. There's the ones that we've done around the different styles, so the 12 different styles. Each one has a episode as well as we've done ones, you know, which we thought would be kind of most interesting to people who have just been debriefed. So some more specific ones, you know, maybe if someone has imposter syndrome or something like that, you know, there's an episode on that, for example, or how to have conversations with your colleagues after you've been debriefed, stuff like that. So I've found that really useful as well. Corinne, you know, some people really love that and get into it. Yep. I've got to say, I was just going to say for everybody, Dom and I can't see each other. So we're Hmm. both in our little home studio bunkers. And so it's hard to know when one of us is finished (laughs) and the other one is starting. So bear with us if you hear the odd kind of breathtaking. The other thing I thought worth mentioning, Dom, which we didn't have when we did that virtual debriefing is we've created a virtual profile supplement. And so sometimes the, the language we use confuse people. But if you're a practitioner that likes to get people to color in, their profile. So you give them their LSI raw scores and you get them to map that and color in a profile supplement. While, you know, sometimes people get them to prepare with red, green and blue markers, but our team has actually prepared a virtual profile supplement and it's linked to every LSI project. So say I've got a project to debrief DOM In my portal, I will find Dom's LSI report and I can choose to create, to activate a virtual profile supplement with Dom's name on it. And what that looks like is it'll take you to a web page with a blank circumplex, LSI 1 and 2, and you basically get, I'd get Dom to click the scale on the screen. So say he scored 32 in achievement. I get him to find the achievement style on the screen and to click 32 and it automatically colors it for him. So there's still that experience of building up to the reveal of the LSI 1 and 2, but in a digital way. Now to safeguard privacy, each individual LSI has their own virtual supplement and once you activate it as a link, you've got 72 hours to use it. So I've experimented, Dom, with sending people the link along with the Circumplex handout before the session, but asking them just to have it handy so that they activate the link and they can do the scoring. And I've also experimented with doing it in the session. I think it comes down to kind of personal preference. My preference is 
if I'm using the virtual profile supplement to send it just before so that they've got it there, but ask them to have it handy, but not to activate it. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's another one of those things because we love coloring in, right? And, you know, just because it slows people down, gets them to reflect on the results as they come in. So it's great that you could still do that in a virtual way, you know, even if maybe, you know, we can't sit there, have the materials to color in and the pens and all that kind of stuff, right? You can still do that. So, you know, great resources there, you know, I guess is what we're really trying to get at. There's lots of stuff there that, that's been created and, and been put forward since the whole pandemic thing came around primarily, right? So if you haven't seen those, get in there and have a yeah. look. And, and in the notes of this episode, we'll put on the blog page for it a bit of an overview of those different elements we've talked about, Corinne. And the other thing that might be worth just posting with the show notes, Dom, is the the PowerPoint deck that we prepared for the first remote debriefing because there's some FAQs in there and what to do if the tech goes wrong. And that's probably still relevant and still useful. Yeah, absolutely. Just thinking, Corinne, so during during the actual debrief, so we're, we've coloured it in, you know, we've built rapport, we've coloured it in, you know, where do you think you're going to be, all that kind of stuff. And you talked about sharing your screen with the participant rather than sending it to them. One thing I'm always interested in because, like, how much do you share the screen versus looking at them on the big yeah. screen, you know, like closing it and stuff like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Dom, and one of the things that I assume and um, I just you're asking the question make me realise that not to assume it, I've got a double monitor. So I share my screen on, I share one screen with the report and I have the person on my other screen so I can always see them. So I think if that isn't the case and you haven't got a double monitor, one of the things that you can do, I think especially on Zoom, I think, I'm just thinking FFMS Teams, you can look at side by side. Have you used that function? I haven't used side by side. Typically when I share on Zoom, you can resize their mm. window. So I actually yes, make it pretty yeah. big at the top. I kind of put it right under my camera. So it means when I'm looking at them, I'm looking at the camera or just under it. And I make it kind of quite big. So it takes up a fair chunk of my screen because I don't really need to see the report as much as they do, but it lets me see them a bit more. Yes. And I think there's an option on Zoom. You can resize and then there's also an option you can do side by side. I'm just thinking about Microsoft Teams because I do a lot of debriefing Microsoft Teams at all as well. And I'm probably not as going to be as helpful because I really have these two monitors that I use. I think if you don't have a second monitor, you can get second monitors quite cheaply now. And um, so think about whether to invest in it, given that working from home is probably going to be an ongoing feature of working life. But otherwise, I think the other thing to do would be to share your screen, talk them through it, and maybe stop sharing intermittently to actually sort of check in how you're doing. We've covered sort of first. LSI 1 or we've covered first few styles, is there anything that remains a question for you? Is there anything that you'd like? So you might actually stop sharing at one point and just check in so that you can see them and see how they're doing. But, you know, voice is a wonderful thing as well because even if you can't see people and sometimes I've been in a situation where the person has had to turn their video off, which is by no means... Mm ideal and I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend that you reschedule, but 
I have had instances where it's been impossible to do that. But you know, if you really, the voice carries a lot of information, and so it gives you a heads up as to whether you might need to check in with a mm. person, stop sharing. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, I'm similar. You know, I try, say we're going through the item by item stuff and maybe there's a particular item there that, that strikes a chord and it's a bigger, deeper conversation and you can tell it's going to be sometime. Then I'm going to go back to the full, you know, seeing them on the full screen kind of stuff because we don't need to be looking at the items, right? Because there's one in particular that we're going to dig into, you know, for five minutes or however long it might be, 10 minutes, who knows. But when it feels like, well, we're not sort of looking down the list anymore, I'll go back mm. to the big view of them, you know, and, and as we discuss that one and work it through, you know, and then once once it feels like we've come to a conclusion on that or, you know, the timing's right, then, you know, share again, you know, are there any other items or, or whatever the next step is in the process. But just kind of being aware of that, that you can make the switch, you know, as and when required kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Dom, because we've been in lockdown quite some time that other practitioners listening to the podcast may have some tips and ideas that they have cultivated in that time. And we would love for you to send that into us and we can put together a bit of a list of tips that can be shared on the website and through our newsletters with practitioners, especially those who might be feeling a little bit nervous about debriefing virtually. So, Please, if you've got some ideas that have really worked for you, send them through and we'll put together a list of tips and tricks that we can share with the whole network. Yeah, absolutely. So you can either email us at podcast at human-synergistics.com.au or we always post these episodes on our LinkedIn channels. That's the discussion group and our you know company page. So comment there as well. Get the conversation going would be awesome to share. You know, one thing I... I worry about it, but I, I never do it, but I'm just interested to see if you do. Because I talked about how I resize the video box to make them bigger. I wonder if people resize me, you know, <laughs> or if I'm just this little box in the corner kind of stuff. And my suspicion is I tend to just be a little box in the corner, right, with people looking at it. And I don't know whether to like, like, I don't want to start getting into an IT tutorial, I suppose. So I kind of <laughs> just let it sit, you know, but... Sometimes. Do you mean whether they resize you so that they're looking at the the writing in the report more? Yeah, so they're looking at the – so I'm sharing my screen. They're looking at the report and, you know, by default it makes the video of me like a tiny box in the bottom corner or something like that. And so I drag them, you know, to the top middle of my screen and, and make it bigger and stuff. And yeah, I wonder if know, they change yeah. me or not, you know, and if it's worth going into that or just let it slide. I've never really thought of it, Dom, to be honest. And I, but you know, now that you're talking about, it, I know that sometimes I must be a little box in the corner of the screen because sometimes people have said that they can't quite see it. So I don't know. I've never really thought about it. But what it makes me aware of is maybe what we should do without it being an IT tutorial is just check in on their setup and just make sure. So not so much that. I personally don't want to be the big face that they're looking into, but <laughs> um, but it is important. Sometimes I've assumed that they can see the report, for example, and I've realised that I just need to check that the writing and the font is big enough because mm. while it looks big enough on my screen, there have been times when it hasn't been the same on their screen. Mm. And so I think that's probably a good a good tip to check their IT setup and to check 
even as you're sharing the report, especially if you're doing the item by item, that they can see the writing and that it's comfortable for them to to see. So not just that they can see it, but it's comfortable for them to read, that they're not having to squint or, you know, lower their head or do anything sort of physical gymnastics to try and get it comfortable. So I think that is important to do. And it's funny, Don, because as we're having this conversation, I'm just reminded of all those things that I just do automatically, almost unconsciously, but really they matter. They've become part of the practice. It's like when they ask a tennis pro, you know, how do they do their serve or how does a golfer do their golf swing, right? And they never think about it. It's just kind of automatic. Yeah, yeah, um, but um, yeah, important. Important, definitely. You know, and it, to, to me, that reminded me, Corinne, of what you said at the start of being kind of deliberate in explaining stuff and, you know, taking a bit more time with that in the virtual setting where you just assume stuff when you're face-to-face, right? But how can we be a bit more deliberate? Hmm. I was just going to say, Dom, I think that, just before we, we wrap up, that if anybody is feeling a bit nervous or a bit reluctant, then please reach out, give us a call. Our entire team is at your disposal and happy to help you. And, you know, one of the things with anything, it's just basically developing a practice. So I really recommend, that was what I, I did for myself, I think, way back when you first asked me, is I wrote down every aspect of the debrief and kind of wrote down what would be my adaptive way of doing it via remote and then experimenting with it, you know, and I think that if ever there was going to time where people are going to be quite patient with things not going according to plan, it's now. And so I think that I really encourage people who have been kind of a bit reluctant to try it, to go ahead and try it. We've got a lot of resources and a lot of learnings that we can share with you. So please don't hesitate to reach out to one of the team. We can organize, you know, consultant to speak with you. But we also have some video and another podcast in addition to this to sort of step you through all the way. That's it. So thanks for that, Corinne. Any um, just last tips because we kind of stepped through the the debrief, I guess, and we, we talked about it maybe earlier as well, which was like having the emails ready to go afterwards. So I'm sending them their report and I'm sending them the links to the you know podcast playlist of recently debriefed. Is there anything else you do kind of post debrief that you're thinking about? It depends on the assignment, but you know, I might check in just a, a really few lines in an email a couple of weeks or a week later. Mm. Actually I do a week later. So before their action planning, I'll send them the reflection questions. Mm that we talked about. So I'll do that about a week later just to remind them of the action planning session and also remind them of the purpose of the action planning session and then send them some questions for them to reflect on. And also I just reconfirm that we're they're right for that session. We're still good to go. Beautiful. Sounds good. Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I want to re-record this one just because now, you know, we've literally done I don't know, hundreds of um, yep. LSI debriefs since we did the original remote debriefing. So I guess there's that stuff that you know, comes with experience, right? As, as you do more of them, you kind of notice stuff. But on your note, you know, we don't know it all and there's lots of people having lots of experience. So share share your tips with the community would be awesome for the listeners out there. So check out our LinkedIn page. We'll post the episode there and, and you know, basically ask, you know, what other tips do you have? So if there's something that you think's gold, or even if it's just bronze, 
send it through uh, make make your comment so others can benefit from it too alright Corinne thanks very much for your time today and I'll see you thanks, on another Dom. podcast sure we'll see you soon Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.